0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey there, welcome to session 294 of Selling the Couch. So this is actually going to be our last podcast episode for the year. I like to take November and December off just to refresh, recharge, get a a few new episodes uploaded, guests reached out to, and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, with this last episode, I'm actually trying to do something a little bit new and a little bit different. So I wanted to use this episode more as a time to reflect and share with you some of the life and business lessons that I've learned in this past year. In terms of the actual structure of the episode, I'm going to share what my personal goal is Was for this year. I'm going to share five lessons that I learned, and then I'm going to wrap up with sharing in terms of what I want to focus on next year. Hey, friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you, that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So in terms of my personal goals, My biggest goal was to take an indefinite sabbatical from clinical work to go all in on STC. Back in session 210, which happened in March 22nd of 2021, that episode is all about this decision. So if you want to dive a little deeper, I encourage you to check out that episode. But that, ultimately for me, the decision to leave clinical work to focus on STC came down to a couple of things. The first thing is just having this humble realization that I'm not really wired to run two different businesses. My mind just doesn't work that way. I'm just not on a stage of life where that even makes sense. The second thing is just doing a lot of self-reflection and realizing that my calling in life is to serve our field in terms of how we can use our skill sets to help others beyond the therapy room. And then third, I wanted to live out this idea, this tenant that I really believe in, which is to build a life around family versus family around a career. Looking back, this was the best decision that I made this year. I remember in the months leading up to that decision, and even that podcast episode, I labored over that decision. I had all sorts of fears and doubts, you know, would I be seen as a credible source? How can I be, you know, sharing and having private practitioners on when I'm not a private practitioner, any all of these different things. And The one thing I just realized in this whole past year is, you know, we live in this society where success is often defined as just financial, especially in the world of entrepreneurship and private practice and all of these things, right? For me, what I've started to do is think about it a lot more differently. And this decision significantly affected and improved my mental health. I shared in a previous in that previous episode about how my mind was racing all the time like I would be thinking about private practice and building that out and the marketing into that and then when my mind was done with that I would flip over to STC and think about all of the different products and services and how do I integrate all those all of those things that were happening for STC I also struggled and shared about my bouts of depression that came as a result of this and I just Realized that I didn't want to live that kind of life. And my sleep quality was also getting worse and worse. I, I remember uh, when I was running the two businesses, fortunately it wasn't like all the time, but it was happening enough where it concerned me, where sometimes I would get up at like one thirty, two in the morning and my mind would, I don't know, it would just start racing and I would have all sorts of thoughts and then I would get up because I couldn't go back to sleep, then I would end up like working like an hour and a half, two hours. And then I would try to get back to sleep. And it was just not sustainable. Letting go of the private practice, for me meant more than anything, just time for my mind to rest. And my sleep quality is significantly improved. You know, I'm a big fan of having lots of time for our mind to wander, dream, and form connections. Because I really believe that that's where creativity springs from. And I believe one of the most essential things to make that happen is just having high quality rest. So in terms of the lessons that I learned this year, my first lesson is, I don't want to keep swapping Corel plates. So you're probably like Mel, like Corel plates, like those plates. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what I'm talking about. A few years ago, we actually got to go up to Ithaca, New York. Uh, and this is where like the owning, uh, Owning's Corning, Corning Corningware factory is. We got to, you know, like tour it and there's like this awesome like museum where there's glass, things like made of glass. It's just, it's a cool place. But I I share that story because when I was growing up, my parents had these Corel plates. I know they were, you know, probably not like super expensive. I actually did like a Google search before this episode. You can get Corral plates I think for like four dollars a plate, so but I loved these plates because you know they're like unbreakable, they're you know super sturdy and and they just seem to last a long time. in fact, when we moved to our house, I asked my mom if I could have the corral plates big corral plate and the small corral plate that I typically use, and that's actually how I eat my typical meals. I usually use one of those two plates, but I realized I shared that story with you because I realized that. I'm no longer in a season where I can just swap out the size of my plate. I used to be able to do this like pretty easily. For example, if I had more commitments, I could be like, okay, in my mind, okay, I can now put my bigger corral plate in, and that means I can stuff more stuff, you know, into this plate. Or if there was like a season where I wasn't doing as much, and then it's like, okay, small corral plate mode, right? But what I have come to realize is the size of the plate is not something I really want to change anymore. Uh, in fact, for me, what I've even realized is, and this I think varies for everybody, but I can handle around five to six responsibilities at one time. I know that sounds like a lot, but like let me explain a little bit more. So two things are non-negotiable for me, family and my own mental health, uh, which leaves me with four things. And those four things for me right now, our podcast, the Healthcasters podcasting course in the community, online course goal, which is the new core we just launched, and then a high level elite mastermind that we run for therapists that are either monetizing their podcasts or uh, want one more uh, support from me uh, in order to create and launch their online course. And that is good. That feels like it is a lot, but you know we've got a nice system down. Um, I, I feel like it's a it's a good pace. It gives me a lot of enrichment to do all of those things, but it doesn't like overwhelm me at the same time. The second lesson that I learned and thought a lot about was what is enough, and this conversation or this thought was something I had been thinking a lot about uh, just during I think just over the course of this whole pandemic year and thinking about, you know, uh, how, you know, like all of these kind of things, right? Like how much is enough? What is the purpose of my life? All of these big questions that I know that, I know that I, you know, many of us have, you know, often think about, right? So I met with Dr. Corey Bank earlier this year. Corey's a psychologist who was the very first guest ever on the on the STZ podcast. And he talked about many of the lessons that he had learned at the time he had been in private practice for around 15 years. And one of the things, and we've, you know, maintained a friendship over these years. And one of the things that I have really admired about Corey is the fact that he lives a life that is full of purpose and intent, intention, right? So his weeks are filled with you know, time for exercise and time with his family and time to like share meals, time to connect with friends. And I just, you know, I realized that's the kind of life that I want, you know, something that I, it's a life, it's a day, my days are, are meaningful. I, you know, go into each day excited and all of those things. I don't want to wait until retirement to kind of create that. And so I asked Corey, and this, because it was something I was struggling with. And I was like, Hey, Corey, like, how do you know when it's enough? And he's like, enough. And I'm like, yeah, like, how do you know when it's like enough for your business? Like you've grown it to a level that you want. And, you know, because we live in this society where everyone, you know, you're constantly told to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, right? Doing more and more. And he shared with me a story that I can't get out of my mind. And I wanted to share it with you. So it's actually a conversation that happened between the author's, Kurt Vonnegut and and Joseph Heller, and this was published uh, a number of years ago, but I wanted to just briefly read the story with you. So this is coming from Joseph Heller. True story, word of honor, Joseph Heller, an important and funny writer, now dead. Oh, I'm sorry. This is coming from, from Kurt Vonnegut. So true story, word of honor, Joseph Heller, an important and funny writer, now dead, And I were at a party given by a billionaire on Shelter Island. I said, Joe, how does it make you feel to know that our host only yesterday may have made more money than your novel Catch-22 has earned in its entire history? And Joe said, I've got something he can never have. And I said, what on earth could that be, Joe? And Joe said, the knowledge that I've got enough. Not bad. Rest in peace. This is uh, an article that Kurt Vonnegut wrote in The New Yorker in back in uh, 2005. And I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about that story because, I mean, clearly these are individuals who had been very successful and, you know, just realizing like how much is really enough, you know. And for me, I alluded to this earlier, what I've a long time, I, I put my self-worth and my idea of success in just financial, right? So if I met a financial goal, I felt like I was the greatest person in the world, right? I was a successful business owner. I knew all of these things. I don't know why I'm getting emotional talking about this. I think it's still, you know, a little bit raw, but I wanted to be open and transparent with you guys. So I think this year I started looking at like my life a lot more holistically. Uh, And what i realized is finances and financial wealth and, and side note, I realize the privilege of even being able to say these statements, right? Like that fortunately I have a business that is at least at a financial level uh, where it is this. So I wanted to at least just share that. But, you know, I just started thinking about like, is our fi- finances the only indicator? But it seems like there's other indicators that are important to me, right? Like my time with my family. Like I don't want to take on something and end up, you know, it make, maybe makes a lot of money. But then at the end of the day, it means that I have less time with my partner and with with our, with our daughter, you know. And it reminded me of a quote that, you know, it hangs on my wall. It's from Gary Keller. It's from the book, The One Thing. And it says, work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. The other four balls, family, health, friends, and integrity are made of glass. If you drop one of these, it will be irrevocably scuffed nicked, and perhaps even shattered. And I think that quote was such a good reminder for me of, you know, work is always there, right? You can always build things, you can take away things, all of these things, right? But there are these other parts of your life, our families, our health, our friends, and our integrity that are made of glass. And you have to be really mindful that you are thinking about those, those aspects, even as you build all of these things. You know, on a related note, when I have, you guys have heard, you know, so many conversations with very successful private practitioners and entrepreneurs in general on this podcast. And when I speak to them, you know, what typically what we'll do is we'll record for around 20 to 25 minutes, but I always schedule an hour long. And I always tell them, like, we'll talk for about 20 to 25 minutes, but I want to spend about 20 minutes just getting to know you, hearing your story, all of these things, Right. But that doesn't get released on the episode. But one of the themes that's very consistent when I'm having conversations with all of these successful business owners is that significant financial stress comes with its own stresses. For example, the stress of hiring and and managing a team, right? The stress of feeling, you know, if you're an online content creator, as well as a successful business owner... Feeling a different level of pressure for online content to do really well, right? This sort of, I guess it seems, it's always hard to like find the balance, right? Between like wanting to focus on the business and seeing this business that's growing, but then having time for your own self care and your own family and loved ones. It's not saying that it can't be done, of course, or that we shouldn't strive for it, but it's more about asking what I want and what each of us want. One thing I learned this year is. A small to a small medium business can be a destination versus a pit stop. The third lesson that I learned is I love teaching and I want to create more space for that. You know, we're, as I'm recording this, we're actually just literally about five hours ago, finished up, we started our sixth week of online course school. So I'm going through an alpha group with nine of our colleagues and we're in the span of eight weeks, we're basically taking their online course idea from validating it all the way to brainstorming lessons and modules, creating sales pages, having conversations with potential students, figuring out how to market it, and then also then actually, you know, getting the, the beta, beta members into or, you know, doing a pilot group for the course, right? So basically, they're taking their course idea from, val- from an idea to validation to figuring out actually how do you record stuff all the way to launch, right? And and it's just been it's been such a joy. It is a lot of work creating cohort based course. I like don't don't uh, don't uh, don't don't hear that like oh this sounds amazing. It is a lot of work, but I think when you love the work, it doesn't always feel like work, right? And a cohort course. Side note: a cohort course is where you actually go through the materials, the lessons, and the exercises together. With like a facilitator and then a group of like-minded people. And but I, you know, like even last week, again, this isn't I realize the first time we're doing this, the lift is going to be a lot bigger on my end. But I had um texted my my VA and I started working on some of these exercises for our sales page because you know, we just got done with how do you create a sales page? And I walked them, I walked the students through these steps, these series of exercises to get their sales page from this abstract thing to like, okay, let's work on your headline. Let's weave in your story. Let's, you know, all of these things, right? Creating these exercises, I think, took me a little under six hours, like I think five, five hours and 45 minutes. I try to work on it in a pretty big stretch. And I was exhausted, but I was just so happy because I was like creating this and I was just imagining the students and just uh, the look on their faces and just the relief, you know, knowing that they had that these exercises help them create their course sales page. And there's such a joy that I feel when I work with a small group of colleagues and I play this like tiny role in the creation of their podcast or in the creation of their online course. And for me, it's even there's like this joy, right? Even today, when we started our conversation, I was like, hey, guys, Here are some of the biggest mistakes that I made. So just being able to say like, hey, this is a mistake that I made with the Healthcasters course back when I launched it in 2015. And I want to tell you about it so you don't make that same mistake. I don't know. It's just such a joy that I feel. The fourth lesson is that I really value a few deep and authentic relationships with fellow creators. You know, I realized that I have this very public platform with this podcast and where I have the privilege of having my voice in the ears of a lot of folks. Uh, A lot of folks is relative, right? But somehow, you know, the podcast is listened to somewhere around 25,000 times a month. But at my core, what I really value is a small social circle and deep, meaningful relationships. I've really been intentional and, and trying to build that out this year. And I feel like I have a small group of folks that I can always bounce ideas off that I can just share life with. An example of this is like my friend, uh, Kevin, Kevin Shen. And I, this is a pretty crazy story. I saw one of Kevin's YouTube videos about two years ago, when I was trying to figure out how to up the quality of my home studio and just the videos that I make, whether it's for online courses, or just regular like videos. And so I sent him a DM. And we just Hit it off we had this really good connection and now like we text each other pretty much every day you know we do a weekly mastermind together we're always there to sort of think through you know how business stuff and life stuff you know and i just think there's such power in being and i've got a couple of folks like that who i just there's such power in feeling like in something so isolating as running a small business and just having other people who are there, who are there for you and being like, hey, I know you're having a rough day, you know, let me send you this or let me let's think about it this way or let me just be a sounding board. I'm happy to just set time aside just because I know you're going through a lot and I just want to be here for you. And uh, I love just I think being with these friendships because they don't come with any sort of like an assumption or a pretense or anything like that. Like, you know, we just, I'm friends with these people because we just genuinely knew each other's company, right? And it reminded me of this quote by Austin Kleon, which from the book, Show Your Work, which is, good work isn't created in a vacuum, and that creativity is always, in some sense, a collaboration. The result of mind's Connecting to other minds. And that's what I love about these friendships. I mean, just getting to hear some of these ideas and bouncing off and, you know, just being able to do this life and business journey together. The fifth lesson that I I wanted to share in the last one is I wouldn't say like STC has had some like massive exponential growth or anything like that. Honestly, mine has just been like slow and really steady incremental growth. I remember five years ago, even before I was thinking about starting STC, I had this thing of like, I wonder if, you know, this thing does like halfway decent, would it like turn me into this like arrogant and brash person? And I I don't know, it's just, I know it it sounds really silly, like even as I'm sharing this on this podcast, but what it's actually made me is more grateful. I was actually speaking to my church pastor the other week and, you know, I'm, 39. And my pastor asked me, you know, do you love what you do? Because I, I was sharing with him just sort of my, you know, all the stuff I'm doing and all of this stuff. And I said, Oh, yes, you know, I get to help my field through the gifts that I feel like, you know, God's given me, I get to work four days a week, I have evenings and weekends with my wife and with with our daughter, I get to do daddy daughter days on Fridays. And I get to spend ample time, evenings and weekends, like focusing on experiences, going out to, you know, an apple orchard or grabbing, you know, breakfast at a at, at a little coffee shop or something like that. And he said, you know, that sounds like a really good life. And, you know, he's someone that I really respect. And there's a moment in my mind, I just thought, yeah, you know, it is a really good life. I think so many times, at least for me, like we all feel like, We have to keep striving and pushing. But the truth is, I love this pace of life. And I think we all deserve the pace of life that makes the most sense for us. You know, my weeks are super enriching. They're not always easy, right? There's always inevitable stress that comes up with small business ownership. But by and large, I have the opportunity to connect with a small group of people. I have this podcast that reaches a way bigger audience. And then I have time for learning, for rest and exercise and time with my loved ones. I think all of this, you know, I think all of us have had this realization from this pandemic. We're asking these big questions of like, what our priorities in life are? What am I meant to do in this world? And I realize, like, those are, I'm living the life that I want to live. And it's a meaningful and purposeful life. And I don't really want to do anything more that comes at the expense of that, you know. So in terms of uh, stuff that I want to focus on next year, two things. The first thing is intentionally work on my money stuff, because I realize what's holding me back from STC becoming the level of like success that I would like. Again, it's not like a massive financial number, but it's more there's just a disconnect. It's not the creative ideas that I have or my schedule or any of the things but it's actually myself. And I'm unintentionally, I think, not all the time, but a lot of the time, I'm unintentionally self-sabotaging my own success because like, I don't value myself and my knowledge and expertise. This year, I've been doing a lot of work on it through therapy and brain spotting and all of this stuff. And next year, this is like, I want to take it sort of the next level and really intentionally think about this. And then the other thing is, I want to focus on making online course school an amazing experience for therapists. I mean, this is a brand new offering. I struggled for a number of years, even though I've had good success with my podcasting course. I know the life of a course creator. I would never teach anything that I haven't had, you know, significant success with. But I I don't know, and and just finally launching it with this alpha group and just seeing and just being with the members and our colleagues just ah uh, and just seeing what they're creating and putting into the world it's so enriching i shared this the other week in the in the in our online community but i really think in the next 10 years if not sooner i think having an every therapist having an online course will be as important as having a business website and the reason i say that is because I mean, we all know there's a mental health crisis globally here in the U.S. and definitely globally. Practically, what this means is there aren't enough clinicians to account for the number of potential folks that need help, right? And so we really have to start thinking about what are some other ways that we can be of service. And and, and I think online courses are that way. And I think we're also related to the pandemic. I think many of us are realizing, like, do we want one-to-one work? to be all of our our income streams right and so yeah i'm so excited for it and we're working about two-thirds of the way through i've got so many ideas stuff that we've learned this first alpha round we did an alpha round because i it's really important for me to like before i publicly release anything that we have as much of the kinks ironed out and make it a quality product and anytime i release something it's my it's not my goal is not i don't know if this is the right Business way to think about it, but I actually don't like often focus on revenue. I actually try to focus on making it the best experience because I've realized that you guys are investing your time and your hard earned money into working with me. And I want to give you something that far exceeds it. So we're working on a bunch of different stuff. I can't quite share them all because I'm not quite sure which ones are going to actually like materialize because, you know, when I want to kind of get feedback and all of that stuff. But I can share two things that we're hoping to implement for our first official cohort here in the spring. The, the first one is peer support coaches. So these would be colleagues that have actually gone through our Alpha course, that have gone through the curriculum, that have actually created their online course. They're going to be serving as mentors in addition to, you know, the support that you would have from me and all of these things. And I just think doing something like that in community is so powerful and And then the second thing is just I've been thinking a lot about, you know, how can I use the strength of the STC brand to support the marketing of your course? Still ironing this out. But one thing we're we're definitely leaning toward is a student page on the STC site where once you've created your online course, you can actually submit it. And that way we can share your course on the STC site and you can get some of that traffic coming your way as well. Uh, I didn't of course, mean to turn this episode into some kind of a sales pitch, but if you are interested in launching an online course next year, and you want to do this in community, uh, please take a moment to download the free A to Z online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. I'll send an email in December 2021 to create a wait list. I'm sure we'll create some sort of, you know, as long as you create, as long as you download the A to Z online course guide, I'll keep you updated when we launch. Uh, This is going to be a higher priced offering, and it's best for us, those who are us who are at least five years in to the business journey. We're already successful business owners, but we want to add an online course either to diversify income and or to pull back on -on one-on-one work. Again, that link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to today's episode and just being with me throughout this past year, uh, it's, I do this for you guys, and I, I am just so humbled for the privilege to be able to do this. And I'm going to take a much-needed break and a much-needed rest, but we'll be back in the new year. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.